0: Hey guys. What's up? Y'all don't already know my voice. Start getting familiar. <laughs> nah, it's Haiti here. Um, I'm gonna let this ride a little bit. This is the kind of vibe I'm on right now, tonight. Particularly tonight. know if you have heard the this album um well not this particular album where this song is at but this artist mariah the scientist been really feeling her lately and particularly this song this song has a has a very particular vibe and i like it you know what i'm saying and i just found out she's young thug's girlfriend i had no idea but i mean not that you know that matters i just kind of surprised that that's her man Um, and I don't know if y'all know, but you know, he's currently undergoing a a particular trial, so it's pretty important. Anyways, that's neither here nor there. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Women Who Love Too Much pod. Um, I'm Haiti for those of you that don't know me yet. Um, and, um, it's just going to be me. It's just going to be me tonight. Um. And I say tonight because I'm recording um, late in the evening. But um, yeah, no, I definitely wanted to come on here and and forgive me for, um, you know, being a little bit delayed with these episodes. Um, I haven't really been putting out episodes weekly or biweekly, honestly. I've been kind of just putting them out um, sporadically, which is... Not the intention, right? It's not the intended way that I want to do it, but um, I've had a lot going on lately and it's been quite difficult, honestly, to, to remain focused and find, find the time to really um, do these things and, and organize these things. Um, but um, I'm here. The important thing is that I'm here. And tonight I really wanted to cover and talk about um, imposter syndrome. And I don't know if many of you are familiar with that, but, um and, and excuse me, because, you know, for those of you that are just, you know, f- listening to the pod for the first time, um, again, this is the Women Who Love Too Much pod. And this is a podcast really about, you know, my journey um, to self-love and healthier relationships, and, you know, on this journey that I'm on, I, I, you know, I tend to have guests on where we discuss relationships, we discuss their current situations and just kind of get their perspective overall just on relationships. And we talk about various topics, right, relating, but mostly to relationships and and relationship dynamics and really how we can, you know, improve, improve our, our relationships, our mental health and all, all of that to have um, you know, healthier relationships and things like that, because that's, that's been a very difficult thing for me. I'll be honest. You know, I, I know I've, I share and I'm pretty open on here about some of the, um, challenges I've had with regards to romantic relationships in particular. Um, I think as far as my friendships are concerned, I've definitely improved vastly, like really like a lot in relationships. I mean, in friendships, my bad. And, um, you know, I think the people that no longer, you know, really deserved space in my life or kind of, kind of fell off and are, you know, kind of went about their own way. And, you know, we've kind of stopped being friends, which it worked out perfectly to be quite honest. Um, so they've kind of fallen off on their own, but as far as romantic relationships are concerned, that's been uh, more of a, uh, bit of more of a mystery for me, I would say. Um, and you know, not that it's, you know, it's the end all be all, but of course, you know, we all are searching for companionship and we, you know, it's, it's part of us being human beings. Like we want to connect with another and, you know, especially once you start getting into a certain phase in life and a certain age and stuff. Um, I already have a child, um, he's six years old and you know, that, that You know, the relationship with his father and and that relationship failing, that was a huge, um, blow. And it was something that it, you know, it has taken me a very long time to overcome because clearly, you know, I, I intended to spend my life with this person and that didn't quite work out the way I planned. So, um, you know, and that's life, right? We hear these things all the time. It's very common for people to either get divorced or split up, whether they have children or not. So this is not like, you know what I mean? The ends of the world, right? There's plenty of people out there, um, you know, just like me, single mothers or, you know, and things like that. So in, you know, in single fathers, of course, as well. So it's not like a foreign thing, right? But again, for me, um, and given that my parents are still together, it's been, Um, a challenging thing, right. To then go or or thought to have met the love of my life, it not work out, but obviously, you know, still have to maintain somewhat of a relationship, right. With them and co-parent with them. So that's been challenging within itself, but you know, so anyways, so yeah, like I mentioned tonight, I did want to particularly talk about imposter syndrome And mostly because I think that it's something that uh, we, I think most people deal with at some point in their life, especially once they're, they're going through these growth phases, they're, you know what I mean? Changing and evolving and becoming, you know, either the version of themselves that they intended, right? Like reaching that success, whether it's um, you know, career driven success. I mean, I mostly think of it in that, in that aspect, but it doesn't necessarily have to be only that just feeling. And I, and I want to cover the definition, um, or what, you know, what imposter syndrome is defined as just so we can kind of get an idea for those of you that are unfamiliar, um, to what exactly it is. So let me pull that up. Cause I was actually looking it up. Um, and honestly, the definition wasn't even exactly what I thought it was. So that I found that to be very, very interesting. Um, so let me let me get to it here because I pulled up an article and was kind of reading a little bit and going through it um, as far as to what it is, what it's described as and all that good stuff. So um, let me and bear with me one second here while I look this up because I had a particular definition and then, um, I wanted to cover just a couple things about it. Just go a little bit more in depth on what imposter syndrome is, but okay. So it's pretty much described as, uh, an uncomfortable feeling you experience when you think you're unqualified or incompetent. Okay. So, um, So here it says also, you might look around and assume everyone knows what, what they're doing except you. So if that's something that you can identify with or have ever felt that way, whether, you know, at a, at a job, you know, in your profession or, you know, just in certain circles or, you know, whatever, certain social environments, just kind of feeling like you're, you know, faking it because you're not really, you know, you don't really feel like you deserve to be there or so on and so forth. Um, then yeah you know that's that's what imposter syndrome is um and again it's something that i think i've i felt um and feel sometimes because um you know i haven't necessarily and you know i'm just being vulnerable here but i haven't necessarily i think uh, experienced the success or achieved the success that i that i liked that i you know that i would like to so sometimes you know i do feel unqualified or incompetent or not like I'm like, eh, you know, do I really know what I'm doing here? Like what's going on here? So, um, but again, I mean, it's not that I haven't done it at all. For example, I'm I'm a real estate agent. So I have done transactions, right? So it's not a, a, a situation where I've never, you know, it's like I've never done a transaction and I feel like, oh, I just don't know anything as far as to real estate and what I'm doing. Not that I've done transactions, but I haven't reached a level of consistency where i feel like okay i got this like you know what i mean like i know i know you know I'm, a, I'm an expert or i'm i'm this i mean i do consider myself somewhat of an expert because i have a certain number of years and certain number of experience so don't get me wrong i'm not i'm not completely saying that i'm you know I, i'm completely incompetent however you know um in a profession like this and many others right just like anything else like you you, you don't you're never going to know everything It's not very one-dimensional. There's, you know, dealing with people, there's always variable factors and things like that that come into that and come to play. So every situation tends to be a little bit different than the other. So given that, sometimes you're thrown into situations where you're tested or you don't quite, you know, or yeah, you make mistakes or, you know, you can't quite figure it out. And sometimes, you know, that does kind of mess with you a little bit and make you feel a little bit, um inexperienced or just, you know, it brings up some sort of anxiety. So I found this to be also interesting that they say, um, there's a couple different types of like subgroups or types of imposter syndrome. So, um, particularly five I found, and the five are, um, the perfectionist, the superwoman or Superman, right? The expert, the soloist, and the natural genius. So I want to dive a little bit more into that and just kind of talk a little bit about what those types are and what what it means to, to be any one of those five. And then, you know, I really hope that this episode really provides some value to, you know, someone out there as far as to just understanding this a little bit better. And also, I'm going to be sharing just how, you know, things you can do, right, to kind of try to overcome this. Obviously, you know, this is a therapy promoting podcast. I always love to say that because it's something that I live by myself. I am in therapy. I go to therapy and I also encourage others to seek out therapy. And 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 let me be clear, not not just seek therapy because you feel like something's wrong with you or you're going through a challenging time in your life. I mean seek therapy because therapy is a great way to um to get an objective perspective, because a lot of us, you know, we tend to get advice from friends, family and things like that. But um, be mindful, the you know, most people are just going to give you advice or but just, you know, when it comes to anything right in life, they're going to just give you things through a very particular lens. And that's the lens that they you know what I mean? Whatever lens they have about life. And again, I don't think that therapy is only for when things are going wrong. I think therapy is great to um, not just analyze, but I would say just kind of, you know, really like do inner work, right? Because it's not, um, it's not common to hear that people are a hundred percent satisfied with their lives or who they are and, and, or whatever, right. They probably, because there. they're, I mean, there's no such thing, right. There's no such thing as a perfect life or, you know, but I guess, you know, and what I'm trying to say is I I think through, through therapy, you can kind of get to know yourself on a deeper level and it just helps you kind of like show up um, differently in the world. And it also helps you navigate things in a very, um, healthy way. And I mean, if you are a person that you are introspective and I just think everyone can benefit from it just to kind of, you know, sum it up. Um, So with that being said, you know, I don't want to like beat a dead horse. I just kind of want to just say, you know, and that's obviously my opinion. That's my perspective. Um, I know some people don't really think they, they feel like they can work out anything, right? Like they don't really necessarily feel like they need that objective perspective from anyone or a trained professional, but I would definitely encourage people to at least try it out. And again, it doesn't have to be because something's going wrong. It doesn't have to be because, you know, anything super duper traumatic has happened to you, just like anything else. It's something that I, I would encourage, um, everyone out there to, uh just do just do it and, and and just you know experience it and and check it out. And I'm I just wanted to reiterate that this is a therapy promoting podcast. And because it is, um I just wanna like kind of throw that out there and definitely encourage everyone to not just go to therapy, but obviously always consider it as an option. Um and not to feel stigmatized or judged right? For seeking out any type of help. When it comes to imposter syndrome, like I mentioned, those five are um, what we're going to delve into. And again, I am going to share some some tips, you know, based based on what I've kind of read. And obviously I encourage everyone also to do their own research. I am not a trained professional. I am not a therapist. I'm not claiming to be. All I am is uh, just a human being, another individual, just like all of you out there, um, seeking to be better, right. To be better and to improve my mental health, right. Not just through myself going to therapy, but also through sharing and researching and just, you know, talking about, um, these things in hopes to, uh, just gain more understanding, more understanding. And, um, and all that. So, uh, so just want to put that out there. So just putting out that disclaimer, just so all of you know, and are well aware that I am not a trained professional and I am not a therapist. So, you know, don't, um, don't take anything I say as, you know, like, Oh, you know, this is like a, a trained professional's opinion. I definitely encourage you to seek out and do your own research as well as, you know, contact a trained professional and, and, you know, and verify or, you know, kind of do some further, uh, investigation on any of these things. So how do, you know, one of the first things obviously, um, is to recognize, you know, if you have the imposter syndrome, obviously I gave like a little bit of an explanation of what, to what it, it, it looks like or what is it's described as it says imposter syndrome sufferers have to rewrite their internal narrative so they can change their behavior to stop, to stop self-sabotaging. Take confident action, accept, praise, and internalize success. Hmm. I'll be honest with you. Like, I, that's something I definitely struggle with. Like, that's a big one for me. Um, I I realize I have trouble accepting praise. Like, I don't always believe, like, the good things I hear about myself. So that's um, that's a big one for me. I want to give some suggestions here as to what you can do to kind of minimize some of these um, imposter syndrome factors? Well, you know what they say, the first um, way to deal with a problem is by recognizing you have a problem, right? So I would say that's that's the first initial start. So, you know, really, you know, have a heart to heart with yourself and you really, you know, sit down and and really think think about it and really see and recognize whether or not you do suffer from imposter syndrome. So that's number one. Um, again, and I already mentioned this being something that I struggle with as far as like accepting compliments and believing them. So that's another thing like, yo, why, like, why wouldn't you like at the end of the day, if somebody gives you a compliment and it's something that I've implemented, um, when people give me compliments, I immediately say, I receive that. And it's a way of kind of telling myself, take it in, believe it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, don't, don't just dismiss it or, um, take it as, oh, this person's just being nice because I, I do that sometimes. Like when people give me compliments or say great things about me, um, I'm like, "Mm," in my mind, I don't necessarily always say it out loud, but I know that in my mind, I'm like, oh, okay. They're just being nice or like, "Mm, is that really true? I don't know. But now what I do to kind of combat that is I'll, I'll typically say to I'll say it out loud. So it's a way of kind of retraining myself and my, you know, my mindset. So when people do give me a compliment, I immediately say, oh, I received that. So, you know, I would definitely encourage you to practice that. I think that, you know, words, obviously words have power and words matter. So just like affirmations and all these things that you, you want to do to kind of just have a more positive mindset, you also want to do that when if you have difficulty accepting and believing you know compliments about yourself like just just practice that and just try it out um i've i'm i'm very aware of it and i immediately say it like even when i want to say something else or i want to be like oh okay i don't know about that or whatever right any anything that i feel is go- it's going to be somewhat like deprecating or whatever right or just like more on the negative side i immediately say that. I immediately just kind of like say out loud, I received that. Thank you. I received that. Um and just kind of do that. So, I mean, I think that's a good start. Um and again, yeah, it says it here never dismiss compliments. Um keep a list of nice things that people say about you in your work. That's also very important. And I'm going to definitely try that because I haven't tried that. And um, I think that's important because when you are at those low points, that's something you can revisit and you can reference and kind of look at that and say, you know what? These were some of the things that, you know, I didn't say about myself, but other people have told me about me and my work. So that's also cool. And um, let's see. So yeah, making a compliment list. Um, and honestly, just facing head on what you're afraid of. I know I struggle with that sometimes. I'm a huge procrastinator. And if I'm, especially when I'm not feeling at my best, I will avoid doing things that I feel I'm not going to have a success or a win at. Um, and that's something I'm just going to be real. Like that's something I still, to this day, have a hard time like seeing through But here it recommends and it says that you should do that thing that you're afraid of because at the end of the day, facing that fear is the only thing that's going to help you realize that, you know what, even if I don't succeed at it or I don't get the immediate win, it wasn't that bad. And at least I tried it, right? Because it it helps you overcome that part of it. Because if not, it'll just grow, grow, grow into something that, you know, you'll make it a lot worse in your mind than it actually is. So it's an important part of it. Um, And setting boundaries, yo, setting boundaries is one of my favorite things to do now. I'll just be completely honest. And I encourage, I always recommend and tell everyone that I talk to, I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should set some boundaries. Boundaries are amazing. And they've transformed and changed the dynamics, the dynamics of my relationship with people in general. It's just, I I just set the boundary, I'm sorry, the boundary, the expectation, and just let them know, hey, this is where I'm at. And, you know, I'm not saying, you know, I'm just letting you know, this is who, you know, this is, this is the line. This is where the line is drawn. What you do from that point is up to you, but this is the line. And if this line is crossed, then, you know, whatever right like these are going to be the consequences this is this is just you know not acceptable to me so on and so forth and I think that's so important and it's and it's a great thing to do because I feel in doing so when you set proper boundaries with people you kind of like it's like you know what I'm saying like people can't say they didn't know is what it is because sometimes people hit you with that they're like oh I didn't I didn't know that you would take it like that. I didn't know that it would affect you in that way. I didn't know it would impact you like that. So that's like a get out of jail free card type of thing. Like, it's like, Oh, well, I didn't know. So it kind of, I, I mean, it doesn't make it okay, but it kind of, it gives them a pass right on that. But when you set boundaries with people and you're upfront about things, in that way, I've, I've found and it's been very helpful to me where it's like people kind of they immediately know where I stand. So they can't say, oh, you know, that can't be the response like, oh, I didn't I didn't know or, you know, I didn't think that you it would affect you like that. And it just protects you. You know, what I mean, I know that for me, I'm a highly sensitive person. And that's something that I've come to know in recent years. I wasn't really aware of that because, you know, again, you know, I'm super into astrology. You know, I talk about it occasionally on here, but I'm a Leo, and if any of you are Leos or you know Leos, they're very, um, very upfront, very like direct. We have very strong personalities, and the truth of the matter with that is that you know, in being that way, like I, I just. I didn't realize that, you know, I was also very highly sensitive to situations, you know, whatever, just like overall energies. I've, I've really tapped into that like, mo- like more recently in the last couple years where I realized, you know, my environment really affects me. My, you know what I mean? Like I'm not the type of person where I just block things off and I can just keep it pushing. Like I, I really don't. Like I need to be very mindful about the company I keep. And I know that a lot of people are like that as well. It's just we might not have necessarily the right, the proper awareness of it. But in knowing that, you start learning, okay, like let me trust my instincts as far as like the energies and the people that I let around me. Because sometimes, you know, there'll be things, they will it just be like small little indicators, right? Like you'll feel like the person's energy a little bit off and you're like, oh, they're not a bad person. And they're probably not, it's not that they're a bad person immediately or automatically. It's just, there's something about them that doesn't, you know what I mean? It just doesn't mesh with you. And you got to pay attention to that. When you feel those instincts or those inklings about people, I'm not saying just run the opposite direction. But pay attention to that and treat it accordingly. Like if you're around that person or whatever, just be mindful about that and try to, you know, create some buffers right in that situation or, you know what I mean, type of thing. So anyways, I digress, but it's it's definitely important to um, set boundaries and things like that. So that's, that's highly important. Um, asking for help. You know, these are all the things that you can do about the imposter syndrome. You know what I mean? Um, I'm trying to see here because I want to I want to really get into the different types. Right. We were going to do that. And I think it's important to kind of hit that. Right. Because there's not just one type of imposter syndrome. So let's get into it. This is this is good. This part is good. All right. So first, let's see. Some of the common characteristics of imposter syndrome are typically self-doubt, sabotaging own success, your own success, undervaluing contributions, low self-esteem, fear of failure, overworking, not accepting recognition for achievements, and comparing yourself to others. I could raise my hand on numerous of those things because I I definitely have a lot of those. And I'm sure, you know, you guys share it as well. So, okay, so let's get into the perfectionist, right? The perfectionist. So the perfectionist has a need to meet exceedingly high standards that may be impossible to achieve. Okay, so that's right off the bat, you know, and that's and that's pretty. Um, self-explanatory, right? The the perfectionist wants to 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 reach the the standards that are nearly impossible or impossible to attain. Okay, so the imposter syndrome fuels perfectionism, striving for flawlessness to prevent exposure as a fraud. So that's the thing, right? Perfectionism reduces productivity and enhances performance and anxiety. As a result, it can be A real roadblock to success. All right. So there you go. I mean, that, that, you know, that really says it. So, signs you may be a perfectionist type include you micromanage everything, you don't know how to delegate tasks. So, if you're the type of person you want to do it all yourself, you don't trust or believe that anyone, you know, can manage or, you know, you can leverage things off to anyone else, you're a perfectionist you obsess over little details, you struggle with decision-making, you have high standards and unrealistic expectations, and you have an incredible fear of failure or making mistakes. Yeah. Um, yeah. And by the way, this article that I'm reading on this stuff, on the five types of um, imposter syndrome, are from choosingtherapy.com. So just so y'all know, and I'll, and I'll link the article on the episode notes so you guys can check it out for yourself. All right. So, um, check this out. So one final thing on the perfectionist has a relentless pursuit of flawlessness resulting in excessive self-criticism, anxiety, and burnout. Damn. Because low self-esteem is highly rated to perfectionism. I'm sorry, highly related to perfectionism two negative manifestations of ego doormats and divas can fall prey to it that's interesting so you can very well be a doormat as well as a diva if you keep waiting for something to be perfect you may never put it out into the world at some point it has to be good enough right so okay so let's get to the let's get to the to the constructive part right so what do you do if you're this perfectionist right what do you do um overcoming perfectionism is a process that requires self-awareness. So what, you know, what did I say? You know, kind of sit with yourself, kind of really, you know, be introspective and really think about whether or not this is you. Um and it requires self-awareness, self-compassion. That's a big one. That's a big one. You have to like kind of treat yourself the way you would a friend or a family member that you love dearly, right? Um so have that same level of compassion that you would with one of them with yourself. Right. And uh willingness to embrace imperfection. Right. Just kind of sit with that and just, you know, kind of tell yourself it's OK that you're not perfect. Right. By setting by setting realistic goals and expectations, practicing self-care and prioritizing progress over perfection. So that's a big one. And that's something that I, you know, I still struggle with a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's a good that's a good way to put it. Like just value And um, prioritize the progress, right? That you're taking a step forward. You're actually, you know, taking action versus, you know, what the result really is. Um, That's a big one. That's a big one. So here are some other ways you can address it. Um, Again, notice the perfectionism. Relax your standards. So, you know, don't think everything has to be, you know, Again, 100% perfect. Uh, remember your strength instead of focusing on the deficits. Oh, that's a big one. And I need to do more of that, to be quite honest. Um, and um, I think it's very helpful to look at it like that. So, you know, as long as you focus on those points, um, it'll help you manage that that part of the, you know, that perfectionism within. Uh, so then superhuman. This is the next one, right? Remember, this is a superwoman, superman syndrome, right? In, in the imposter I'm sorry, in the imposter syndrome realm, right? And a couple people that are like this. So while perfectionism is always striving to do better, superhumans are wanting to do more and more. I know someone like that very close to me um, that is just trying to piles it on, piles it on and on and on. Um, So superhumans are high achievers who put incredible pressure on themselves to excel in all areas of life to justify their accomplishments and success. They feel they need to work harder than others to achieve all that they do. And basically they're workaholics is what they are. And that's what it says here. Okay. So since they can never really do enough, they are there are certain signs that someone is too self-critical, right? Indicating they might be superhuman. So here, here are some of the signs again. So this is this is super helpful, like to hear these signs. So so really pay attention to these. You don't handle constructive criticism well. You feel stressed when you're not working. Hmm. Interesting. You feel guilty when taking breaks or enjoying leisure activities. Damn. So you don't give yourself any time off. You feel bad when you're like taking time off and stuff. Yeah, I definitely don't suffer from that because I like to take time off. I like to to really do self-care. Um you put a lot of pressure on yourself to perform at your best pretty much. So that's, that's it. So what do you do about it? Right. What do you do when you have that super human complex? Right. What do you do about that? So the first step again is to recognize, right. To recognize it and, and that doing well at everything is not a realistic goal. That's never, that's not even possible. Right. You cannot be good at every single thing. Uh, But, um, Okay. So yeah, that's not a realistic goal to be good at everything. Everyone experiences mistakes and failures and it's that I heard something today as a matter of fact, um, side note. Um, and I think this was the, the creator and the, the owner of Spanx. Um, and I recognize her because I've seen certain things about her and, and forgive me. Cause I don't, I don't remember her name at this moment, but, um, so she was talking about her childhood and how um, unknowingly to her, her dad was teaching her to like not be phased by failure. So she was giving um, one of uh, just you know like anecdotes from her childhood, talking about how her dad would tell her and ask her every day, "So what did you fail at today?" Like he would encourage her to take risks and to fail at things daily. And, you know, he kind of like, you know, took that, um, uh, I guess like that stigma away from failure. Like it's not a bad thing. So whatever. So you, you know, so she was like, yeah, you know, I, I didn't realize it at the time she goes, but you know, he was teaching me that failure was just a part of life and a part of success ultimately. So he would ask her daily what she failed at, And this is something that I'm going to implement with my own son, because I think it's important. And it's a lesson that I wish that I would have learned earlier on in life had I done that because I do struggle with failure. And I still have a hard time accepting when I fail and when I'm not doing things quite right. So um, so anyways, um, he would tell her that daily, like, what what have you failed at today? And when she did say she was like, hey, dad, you know, I, I tried this, but I was horrible. He was like, well, good, great. He would just like celebrate that for her. And she says that she, you know, now realizing that that's why, you know, I mean, failure is really not a big deal to her. And I think that's brilliant. That's a brilliant way um, to early on in life, teach kids, right. To be okay with failing because it is part of things. And although I know most of us, you know, we, we, we we will tell our kids, Hey, you know, it's okay if you didn't do great or whatever. At the end of the day, we live in a society where it's like, At the end of the day, failure feels some type of way. Like nobody wants to be considered or thought of as a loser. So that's, you know, so nobody likes to experience, you know, ongoing failure. Right. But um, even so, right, failure is part of success and it's on the way to success. So, um although my logical mind knows that at the end of the day, like I, I admit like I still struggle I'm sorry, struggle with failure. so it's it's just a part but but it's a thing that you know, and I heard that today and it was like, wow, it was really, you know, it was really cool to to hear that and that you know that was her experience and, it, and it's important, you know, so just just a little tidbit. And what to do. Um, so, the first step obviously recognizing experience, er, everyone experiences f- mistakes and failures. Also, reframe how you think about your achievements. That's cool. Okay. So, instead of attributing success to external factors, oh, okay. Acknowledge personal strengths and hard work. By doing so, you can boost your confidence and improve your self esteem. Nice so also set realistic expectations for yourself and allow, and allow time for self-care and relax, and relaxation to help overcome the superhuman imposter syndrome type yo that is important just as much as you work hard you need to play hard as well like that's really important recognize that says here recognize that the productivity and self-worth are not inherently linked Hmm. Interesting. Taking breaks can lead to better performance and overall well-being. So yeah, take breaks, you know, don't feel like, you know, you have to work through and, you know, get little sleep, all that stuff. Right. So moving on, the third one is natural genius. Um, it's characterized by somebody's belief that their success is solely based on their natural talent and intelligence. Okay. So it's not something you're born with. It's not something you're born with. It doesn't necessarily come natural. So it says here, a, ha- a hallmark, sorry, of a natural genius is that success has always come easily to them without really trying. So it's those people, they're like, oh, just, you know, I've always been like this. Like, I'm, it just comes natural to me. I just always know what to do. Um, I just get it. You know, feeling like they have to get it right away on the first try. So when they get into highly competitive environments, it can be incredibly overwhelming as they are forced to challenge themselves. So they don't. OK, so there you go. They're not really used to dealing with a challenge. Um, so signs that you might be a natural genius um, include that success has come easily to you in the past. Um, your self-confidence suffers considerably when when faced with a setback. Mm. First sign of of challenge or um, obstacle, you're like, uh. Uh-uh. uh uh uh-uh. You're like shying away, you don't want to deal with it. Um, you believe success comes from an inherent ability, not hard work and practice. Um, and you have very high standards for yourself. Okay. So you're critical of perceived obstacles that may that might impede your success. So, what to do if you're a natural genius? Okay, so if you suffer from that particular type of imposter syndrome, um It is particularly hard for you to acknowledge that success is not solely based on an, you know, on a, on just an internal talent, right? A natural talent that you have and intelligence, right? But instead it combines hard work, practice, and opportunity. A natural genius imposter syndrome type can be particularly damaging as it creates, listen to this, it creates an unrealistic expectation of perfectionism and makes you feel like you are a fraud when you fail. Oh, that's interesting. So the minute you fail, you automatically feel like you're like, oh, well, you know what I'm saying? Like you you kind of write yourself off because you're like, no, I should be naturally good at this every single time. Um, so pretty much you can you can pretty much overcome imposter syndrome through self-reflection and reframing negative self-talk. Self-reflection can can help you identify your strengths and weaknesses Um, and develop a more realistic view of your abilities instead of considering yourself a genius, consider yourself a work in progress, which that's my brother's favorite phrase. He always says that my brother, Carlos always says I'm a work in progress. It is a very popular phrase amongst my siblings because of him. And, um, yeah, it's true. You know what I mean? Consider yourself. Yeah. You're, you're learning as you go. You're not going to know everything immediately. Um, So, uh, fourth is the soloist. So this one I've never, I don't know. I don't know anything about this one. Um, and it says it's characterized by feelings of independence and the need to achieve success entirely on their own. Damn. I have like elements of all of these. I didn't even know this one, but I have elements of this too. Um, it says the imposter syndrome type affects people who believe they must do everything themselves and that asking for help or support is a sign of weakness. So if you're the person and you don't like to ask for help because you're like, no, I should be able to do this on my own, then you're the soloist. Um, As a result, soloist types often feel isolated and overwhelmed, leading to feelings of inadequacy and self-doubt. All right. So check this out. Um, They prioritize their autonomy and independence over conforming to social norms. Damn, I can relate to that big time. Hmm. Okay, people who identify as rugged individualists um, generally have a strong sense of self-reliance and may feel uneasy when they need to rely on others for support. Damn. All right. Yeah. So that's what it is. So more signs, if you know, to to kind of really determine whether or not you're the soloist um, type. Uh, feeling like you need to accomplish everything on your own again. Uh, feeling incompetent if you need help and struggling to network. So if you don't, yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. Um, struggling to network and difficulty accepting constructive criticism. Got it. So what to do, right? Again, these are the helpful tips of what to do if you are, you know, experiencing and have those signs. Um, uh, okay. It says recovering from soloists type involves identifying the root cause of why you need to be so independent and achieve success entirely on your own. Again, here's where therapy kicks in. Therapy will help you identify that you will get, you know, you will get the proper um, assistance to kind of identify that. Like, where, where is that coming from in your past? Where, where was that kind of, um, yeah, was the root of that? Uh, so need to be independent upon doing so you can begin to build support network, um, learn to delegate, practice self-compassion and begin celebrating success. Um, while it may take some time and effort, overcoming imposter syndrome can lead to greater self-confidence, satisfaction, so on and so forth. Right. So, okay. So I would just say the soloist got to go to therapy because you got to figure out where does that come from? Why do you feel like you need to be so independent and you can't rely on others? Maybe that's, you know, part of your childhood where you, you know, didn't have a support system and couldn't really rely on anybody. You know, you kind of grew up on your own, raised yourself type of situation or many other things, right? Again, I am not a trained professional, so... Again, I will throw that out there. So last but not least is the expert, right? Let's get into that. So the expert, um, okay, is common among people who have acquired specialized knowledge and skills in their field. So that includes people with advanced degrees. Oh, so the, the the you know, <laughs> yeah, the people <laughs> such as doctors, lawyers, and scientists. So these are like people that have high levels of education. Uh Why? So why is that? Because they have invested so much time and effort into their education and training. They feel they should know everything about their chosen field. Oh, damn. So they feel like they've spent so much time in school and learning and stuff like that. Okay. That they must know absolutely everything. So they can't deal. They don't know everything. Anyways. However, they still doubt their abilities and worry that they they are not equipped to handle all the challenges of their job. Oh, man that's, that's very, that sounds very anxiety provoking. Um, so again, fines, uh, include feeling like you need to master every step in the process. So these are people that need to know every step and need to feel like they're good at every part of it before they even get started or they do it right. Um, feeling like you need constant, constantly pursue training and certification. So they're always looking for, yeah, they're always looking to, for more and more education to feel prepared and, and I guess competent, uh, feeling like a fraud despite having expertise. Oh man. And struggling with procrastination because you feel overwhelmed. Interesting. So again, um, what are, what should you do if you can identify as the expert? Um, It says actively seek out opportunities for growth and learning. Oh, oh, it's to actively seek out opportunities for growth and learning. Do so doing so. I'm sorry, can expand your knowledge base and boost your confidence. So the more you know, the more confident you feel um whether taking courses, attending workshops, joining professional networks, seeking out challenges can help you develop more skill sets and combat the feelings of inadequacy. So that's for for them the best way to to kind of feel more um comp- competent and to to build their self-esteem is to just know more. Oh, that's exhausting. That sounds exhausting to just constantly be learning. And I mean, yeah, you learn as you, but I mean, I don't know. It just doesn't sound fun. I'll be honest. It doesn't sound fun at all. Um, I can identify with that one, but that, that sounds like exhausting to constantly be feeling like you have to keep learning and stuff like that. Anyways. Um, okay. Uh, where was I? Yeah. So they just need to know more. So creating a support system is crucial and type um so being vulnerable and sharing struggles and setbacks with trusted friends and family members can also help you put things into perspective again therapy safe space for that because not all friends and family you know can really help you through that um so it's also important to recognize your success and achievements whether big or small And journaling and keeping track. Oh, journaling is good. Journaling is really, really good. So journaling and keeping track of accomplishments can help you acknowledge and appreciate the progress and boosting your self-esteem. Cool. So, I mean, I didn't mean to like speed it up there, but yeah, those were the five um, types of imposter syndromes. And I hope, you know, you found this helpful to kind of go through these. Um, You know, hopefully identifying whether or not you are one of these types or knowing or whether if you you know someone that is or work with someone that's, you know, one of these types. Um, But definitely, I think, you know, there's a lot of common denominators and, you know, common things that you should should do to overcome it. At the end of the day, I mean, again, I would just I would definitely encourage you, you know, if if just like these helpful tips aren't enough, like definitely seek professional help and guidance. Um therapy is great. And again, I recommend it highly. Um, but yeah, I hope you guys found this helpful. I know that I did. Um, I actually identify with several of the types, which was kind of um, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. I'll be honest. Um, I think um it's something, yeah, I'm gonna have to take a look at <laughs> in my next therapy session and definitely have a little bit more discussion on that. But, but again, this is why I do this. Cause I learn more about myself and ways to improve myself through doing this. And hopefully, you know, you guys get something out of this as well, get tremendous value. Um, uh, yeah, man, we're like 2023 is like literally gone, believe it or not. Um, I'm actually, I have mixed feelings about it. I'm actually happy that the year's almost, because this has been a very trying year for me, Um, and not only because of that, but I just feel like I'm looking forward to what the new year will bring. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of ready for, for like a fresh start, (laughs) I would have to say. Um, so I'm excited about that. I hope you guys are too. And, um, I'll definitely see if I can get, um, I want to do like a fun episode. Like the next episode is definitely going to be more of a fun, lighthearted episode, um, maybe recap some stuff, but just, I, I want to, I want to, I want to go out, you know, in a lighthearted way, but I definitely hope that this particular episode on imposter syndrome did bring you immense value. Um, cause that's my goal. That's what I aim to do is just bring people value and, and through these discussions, you know, hopefully this will be a conversation starter or, um, just, you know, a, a step and an encouraging one to to get you to start thinking about possibly going to therapy and and working on some of these things, because you know at the end of the day we don't have to just settle for being this way, right? We don't if we want to improve and we want to have a better quality of life we definitely can. So um so yeah I'll just leave you guys with that. Again I hope you got immense value from this episode and all the others that I've put out thus far. I appreciate all the support. Please continue um, to check. The podcast out, follow, subscribe. Um, you know, catch us, you know, look us up on um, TikTok, you know, at Women Who Love Too Much Pod, um, Instagram. Um, but definitely check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Um, because again, you know, I appreciate the support and want to continue to, you know, do this. And, um, yeah, so guys till the next one we'll see you and um yeah I want to go out with a song you guys know I always want to um and honestly I'm going to go out with a lighthearted song this time because I heard the song and I'm not a huge fan of Jack Harlow but um this particular single that he just released is is really cool I like it and it's a vibe so It's a good song So anyways guys I hope you are um, doing your vision board Preparing and planning And you know just looking forward to 2024 Again I will catch you on the next one. Thanks again for supporting and for tuning in. AKA She Don't know what you and She not you me down. but you can whip your lover on me, baby. Whip your lover on me. I'm Vanilla, baby. I'll choke you, but I ain't no killer, baby. She 28 telling me I'm still a baby. I get love in Detroit like Skillet, baby. And the thing about your boy is...